Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The 2022 Michigan football season came to an end on the final day of the year with a heartbreaking loss to TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. What went wrong for Michigan? More importantly, where does the program go from here? Will Jim Harbaugh be back as head coach? We tackle those questions and more on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here. Tuesday, January 3rd in the morning. Don't have to talk about time zones anymore. We're, we're back in Michigan uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, first podcast of the new year. So happy new year to you guys. Yeah, happy, happy new year. It's nice to be back. I feel like I'm still in Arizona. It's raining and it's like 50 degrees here. <laughs> I, I don't even know what day it is at this point, but yeah, happy. To, it is 2023. So, so we know that much. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah, 2022 ends. Uh, and, and it's on the final day of the year that, that Michigan loses to TCU in the Fiesta Bowl in a college football playoff semifinal second year in a row that that's where the season ends. Uh, so kind of big picture right away. Like, was this a successful season for Michigan football? It's a good question. You know, we asked the players afterwards too. And I think their their th- their thoughts were mixed as well. You know, I, I think it's important when you answer this question, you go back to where this thing began before the season started. You know, I, many of us had them going ten and two. I, I think maybe the optimistic Rosie folks had eleven and one, which you know likely would have put them in contention for the playoff. So mm-hmm. in, in that regards, and, and remember too, we, there are a lot of questions about the defense and how they would look after all the departures last year. So I, I think in that regard, for them to go thirteen and zero and get to the playoff, I think they they exceeded expectations. Um, but you know, as the season goes on, and as you pick up all these key victories, whether it was a Michigan State or Ohio State or another Big Ten title, I think expectations I think naturally rise. And then once you get to the playoff, I think the expectation and players were talking about it in the lead up. We discussed it. They want their goals to win a national championship. So it, it was a successful season. I think it was probably the it was the best season under Jim Harbaugh during his time here at Michigan. Um, but I, I think more could have been done. I think they could have won more and they, at least another game. They probably should have won another game. Uh, and I think they're going to a lot of folks, whether it's the coaches or, or players, are going to look back. And, and kind of kicked themselves. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, it was a, a successful season with a disappointing end. I mean, 13-0 is pretty remarkable. I mean, heading into the playoff, everyone said, yeah, Georgia and Michigan are the, were clearly the two best teams this season. I mean, 
Andrew mentioned before the before the the games, like yeah, going back to the old uh, format, BCS format, it would have been the easiest thing ever. Michigan versus Georgia in the national championship. Both the last two undefeated teams, both teams pretty much dominated throughout the year. Um, yeah, and they they didn't play very well against TCU. Made a lot of mistakes, but to beat Ohio State, to to absolutely trounce Penn State, and and also beat Mission State by double digits. Uh, top seven defense and offense. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to ask for for much more for what they accomplished leading up to the the bowl game, and it just. Uh, yeah, I mean, the month off and, and, and a lot of mistakes and yeah, it still had a chance to win at the end. So, but, uh, season ends in the college football playoff semifinal for the second straight year. And, but 13 and one is, is pretty damn good. Yeah. It's both a very obvious yes, it's a success. <laughs> and also, you know, uh, well, it's complicated, right? Cause yes, I think, I think any of the players who kind of said no or were leaning that way, you know, had to point to the fact that they didn't reach all their goals. And if you don't, if you make a goal, you know, and, and you don't hit it, then how can you say this is a success? But, you know, I think with a little more distance between, you know, the, after the game, they'll, they'll come to realize that, that it definitely was. Um, but yeah, the bottom line is it, it's tough to swallow because a national championship, you know, was there for the taking potentially. I mean, in this game, it was just a trip to get there, but um, I think it's, I think it, it was, it was clear that the, the field was was a little weaker than it was last year, and at least, at least relative to Michigan. I know they made it to the playoff last year, but a national championship was not there for the taking. It was very clear in that game against Georgia that Georgia was the better team, right? This year, you you can't say TCU was definitively the better team. I mean, they Michigan played a was game. a seven and a half point favorite. Like that's not your, that doesn't happen. Sure, it's sure. And even, happen. even yeah. the way the game played out, I mean, right. it was you know obviously at the end of the day they played head to head on a neutral field and TCU won. Not taking anything away from them, but just the way things went down that that's what makes it tough is that, you know, you know, you could have had this game, you could have got to the national championship and, you know, you, you saw that Georgia went, went down to the wire against Ohio an Ohio state team that you, you demolished that that's what makes it tough is that there's not many years like this. And they, I don't want to say they blew it, but they didn't take advantage of the opportunity. You put it perfectly. You know, like you said, this was a game that they probably should have won. And if, if they were to play this game 10 times, I would still think Michigan probably wins six or seven of them at least. Um, we we thought it was a favorable matchup for the Wolverines. We talked about it all week leading up, just in terms of uh, TCU's defense and Michigan's run game, and you know it, it it didn't go I think the way many of us expected it to. You know we this was a Michigan team that never trailed by double digits all season long, never really had their backs against the wall all season. You, know, you could point to you know a couple of games where it was close at halftime and maybe they trailed there in the second half, but you know, they never really felt like they were out of it. And it, you know, early in this game, it seemed like Michigan was out of it. They had to spend most of it coming back. Yes. They got close at a couple of points. Um, but you know, TCU all played them, you know, it was a, uh, it was a surprise, I, I think for most of us, but that's why they play the game, right? They don't play this on paper. They don't simulate it. Uh, it, you know, you have to go on the field and play and, um, you know, it was a uh, I and the players described in the locker room afterwards a dis- disappointment. You know, they were upset, frustrated, and everything else because, as you said, I mean, this was a game for the taking. And at the very least, I, I think certainly Michigan should should have been. You know, they, they expected to be playing for national championship next week. Are you are you saying a fifty one forty five shootout with over a thousand yards and two pick sixes and six combined turnovers wasn't expected? No, it was not. <laughs> Yeah, this was, uh, yes, an example of exactly. We 
makes it seem like we didn't know what the heck we were talking about coming in, but uh, you could say that about pretty much anyone who who, who discuss this game. Um, yeah, listen, I don't know how much listeners want to hear about this game specifically, but I think we should spend at least a, a few minutes here. Um, and and to me, the game was was lost when Michigan has two trips, you know, basically to the goal line. I mean, one truly there, and then one to the two yard line, and they get zero points out of those two trips early. And then they give TCU two touchdowns with, you know, pick sixes, which obviously TCU had played a part in that. They made those plays. But I mean, when when the offense allows, you know, two two touchdowns to, to the defense, that's tough. I mean, those are 14 points for 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 the other team and, you know, zero points for you. That could have been 14 or at least you know six. Uh, so and, and when you lose by six, that's that's really that's really the difference in the game. Right. I mean feel free to chime in with with other key things because there were some but uh those were the backbreakers no you, you nailed it i mean they jamar ball was kicking himself after the game for that fourth and goal uh play call at the two uh the, the double reverse that you know, I, I, again another player i don't think many of us expected just because michigan's you know offensive identity all season long has been running the football and you you, you know you need to touch you could they could have gone up seven nothing to start the game if they just gotten two yards they try to get all pretty and 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 you know do something different, and TC was prepared for it. So, uh, yeah, Michigan didn't help themselves early, and it, w- it wasn't like it was a they're out executed. And in some cases, they were, but it, it just some some of it was head scratching. The decision making that 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 run at the goal line with Khalil Mullings, yes, he tend he has been the goal line guy for a couple of weeks now, but i don't know it, it was it was it was a discombobulated game it was one of those things where we we look, i think we'll look back at it and think you know they just missed so many opportunities if one of those things had gone there in their way um michigan probably won this game uh you know they they made a herculean comeback there in the, in the mm-hmm. second half incredible third quarter um but tc went up early they got control of the game and it turned into a track meet a type of game tc wanted to play and that's not how Michigan is built. That's not how Michigan wants to win football games. And it, 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 it forced them on their heels the, the rest of the way. The, the more I think about that, that first, first, fourth down play at the, on the opening drive, I don't think it was that bad of an, an idea. I mean, the, the, when you look back and when teams pull that Philly special, it, it usually works. Like, I mean, Michigan hadn't done that all year. So, I mean, you kind of save those types of things for these big games. Um, to kind of keep keep teams off guard, I'm just I'm just surprised how well TCU defended it. It's right. almost like they knew it was coming. So I, yeah, hindsight is is interesting in that way. But like th- at first, it, it was like yeah, no, that is fair to kind of criticize there. But like they had other chances to pound it in on that drive too, and and weren't able to do so. So hey, all right, let's try something different. Try and catch the defense off guard. It didn't work, but I mean they they tried. The the Talal Mullings one now to me is more a little bit more surprising at least. If you're doing a, it's first down. Like you don't need to hurry up to the line and then do quick snap it and rush a, a running play. Like I mean, you you have more opportunities afterwards too. And and yeah, it was just a disaster of a play. Um, yeah. It should have never had to come to that though. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, Michigan right. had scored a touchdown on the previous play. It went up on the board. Yeah. I saw it with my own eyes. Nine <laughs> points from Michigan, and uh, suddenly they're they're overturning that call. That's a tough. That's a tough overturn, um, you know. Like we've we've seen it now at this point in college football, you really don't know what to expect with the replays. But um, you know, it just didn't look like uh, Roman Wilson had full possession of the ball until he was definitely in the end zone. 
to to say definitely otherwise was tough. Now, of course, Michigan scores on on one of those next few snaps becomes irrelevant. You know, TCU, you make your own luck, right? And they and they did it there. But um, you know, the bottom line is it it really didn't seem like it had to come to that. And you know, that was that was his big a play in a game as you're going to get right and and michigan had some breaks in in the game too i mean the Mm -hmm. the roughing the passer calling jj mccarthy i think was pretty weak the one max duggan interception hit the tcu receiver right in the hands it would have been a a pretty big game instead it just bounces off it and it's picked off and Mm -hmm. michigan starts throwing down the other way too so it was just i mean it was just a wild wild game wild turn of events like quarter after quarter play after play um, but yeah, I mean, bottom line, yeah, there, there was, there was meat left on the bone, um, for, for the Wolverines. And I'm, it's, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the national championship, but, yeah. um, it's, it's probably going to be tough for Michigan to watch that game for sure. Um, you know, they, they deserve credit for their fight in this. They're down 21 to three. Uh, they get it to 21, 16. They're down 41, 22. They get it to 41, 38. They're down 13 late. They need a touchdown and a stop. They get both. They get the ball back, the chance to win. But, of course, they they can't get a first down there, right down to a controversial final play where, I mean, it was targeting, but they just decide they're not going to call it. It would have been, a again, very kind of lucky break for Michigan to to, to get a fresh set of downs there. But um, it, that was another kind of strange call. But, um, yes, it's just kind of another example of just things things not really going Michigan's way in, in the most important game of the season and players that I talked to at least not really having a full explanation for for kind of why why that was in this game. Um, you know, hadn't had more than one turnover in a game all year <laughs> and they have three. Uh, it's just it's just a weird, you know, a weird box score. Even you know, I talked to one player, you know, kind of asking this question about, how, you know, how did this go down or whatever? And he's like, man, we had 500 plus yards of offense. We scored 45 points. We, our defense forced three turnovers. <laughs> like those are all recipes for, you would think almost a blowout Michigan win. And instead they lose. It's just, you know, Max Duggan held to 14 to 20 of 29 passing. Again, you'd think you saw that, that, uh, you know, things didn't go well for TCU. So just kind of a weird, weird, wild, wacky game. Uh, that doesn't go Michigan's way. No, no, and, and to the players' credit, I mean, they didn't. They were asked about some of those questionable calls, whether mm-hmm. it was the overturned touchdown, the the targeting that was never called there late, and they they never blamed the officials. I mean, that was something right. Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. was asked, and he didn't really have a strong opinion, at least at the time. And he said, "I got to look at the tape." Clearly, those things didn't really bother them, at least in the moment. Um, and as you said, they they realized they made too many mistakes early on, and you can't do that in a in a high profile you know, game like this on the, on that stage and expect to win. It's just, it's just not a reality. It's it typically, it doesn't go your way. So um, Michigan, I mean, they have no one to blame, but themselves at this point. I mean, they, they played especially early. They struggled. They had those mistakes, put them behind the eight ball and they just were never able to kind of catch up and, and, and get past them. So uh, it's, I don't know. It was a, it was a very interesting game. It was something we hadn't seen all season long. As I said, it's not how they wanted to play. And, it devolved into a game where TCU and the TCU's kind of played into their strengths mm-hmm. and they're able to hold them off and, and come out victorious. You know, and maybe if they play another five minutes or if they, they had gotten that rough in the past or call late, maybe Michigan goes down and scores. I don't know, but um, I don't know. Just too many mistakes that kind of compiled and, and, you know, proved to be too much. So where does this put us for 2023 now that we're, we're literally there? 
um, you know, the next the next football season. It's never too early to look ahead. We'll be getting those two early rankings, I'm sure, next week after the national championship. And I kind of expect Michigan to be pretty high up there. Now, I know a lot of folks, they, they probably put too much emphasis on, oh, the quarterback's back. Oh, the running back's back. All right. Is there a receiver somewhere? They, they probably put too much emphasis on the skill positions. You guys are too smart for that. You know this team too well. I guess kind of tell me, maybe it's easier to say who are the key losses, you know, and, and why, if there is optimism for next year, um, you know, wh- why that is as far as, as far as just returning personnel. Well, I mean, they're going to get J.J. McCarthy back, and it starts there, so there, there's mm-hmm. good news there. Um, Donovan Edwards is expected to be back. They may get Blake Corum, which I think would be even better. Uh, and then, you know, the offensive line, I think, will be the question mark, but they did a good job with kind of filling those in those needs with the transfer portal. Uh, Ryan Hayes and Olu have both signaled that they are leaving. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Zach Zinter and Trevor Keegan went as well. Uh, we're still making decisions from them, but uh, Michigan's offense should be fine. I mean, yes, they'll lose Luke Schoonmaker as well, but they, as we've seen, Colson Loveland's done a very good job of filling in the gaps. And then they added the transfer from uh, Indiana, A.J. Barner. So the offense should be fine. I, I don't expect yeah. a ton of drop-off there. The bigger question mark is kind of comes on the defensive side of the end. There, there's a lot of guys who are waiting on decisions to be made. They they could lose a lot of guys, or they could lose virtually nobody. And they could, in a way, kind of reload for next year and, and, and add a couple of guys from the transfer portal. So. This team should very much be in contention for another Big Ten title next year. I see no reason why they won't be picked to finish at least first or second in the Big Ten East, and it could probably be a you know top five team in in the preseason poll uh, next year. But again, there's the next. It's gonna be a busy next couple of weeks. The uh, NFL draft declaration date, I, I think, is January 16th. Um, so the guys do have a couple of weeks to make decisions. Uh, but the, the defensive side of the ball will be the the place to look. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Mozzie Smith left. Mike Morris has a decision. Chris Jenkins, um, Michael Barrett some of the DBs. So uh, decision time, the next couple of weeks will be very interesting to, to monitor and see who, who makes the, you know, who, want, who leaves and who decides to stay for another year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that that's, and, you know, again, hard to forget about last year when we knew a lot of guys were leaving, they did. Um, and yeah, this Michigan defense really, uh, you know, stayed, stayed elite uh, for, for most of the year. So um, that'll be, yes, that'll definitely be something to watch. Um, and of course, the other thing will be the head coach, Jim Harbaugh, because, you know, as Aaron, you've already wrote, it did not take long for, you know, rumors to surface uh, connecting Jim Harbaugh potentially to an NFL job. I know I usually throw it to you guys first to give me your thoughts, but I'm, I'm going to weigh in here first, if you don't mind. There we I've go. Been, hit I, us, I've been saying, hit us, listen, Andrew. <laughs> I've been saying, I've been saying, as I said this, you know, last year, it reminds me of the John Beeline situation. You know, the year before he actually left for the NBA, for the Cleveland Cavs. He had the interview with the Detroit Pistons and, you know, fans freaked out, but then he, he he stayed at Michigan. And I think a lot of people just exhaled and they said, oh, okay, he's back. He's a Michigan man for good now. And it's like, well, he actually just wasn't offered the job. Then he got a job offer and he left. Could be a similar thing with Jim Harbaugh. Wasn't actually offered, uh, you know, the job last year. Um, and now with the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings. And now, you know, if, if he actually is this time around, you know, Maybe maybe he does leave. I'm not saying he will, but uh, you know, there's there's certainly that possibility. Um, and that would that would put Michigan, of course, in an, in an interesting spot. It would it would change the you know the whole dynamic and expectations for for 2023. Um, yeah, I mean, where where do things stand right there? Where do you think this might end up with, with Harbaugh in Michigan? Yeah, you mentioned NFL chatter, and and that's kind of where things stand at this point. Um, Monday, we got, excuse me, Sunday into Monday, there were reports from both the NFL Network and uh, Mike Florio of NBC Sports. Uh, you can, you know, 
take take or leave what you what you believe in Florio because he's been hit or miss all you know last few years. <laughs> but um, Ian Rappaport nonetheless has ties in the NFL. Uh, he has good sources. Uh, he's speaking to NFL teams, and there are reports that Denver Broncos have reached out to Jim Harbaugh to g- gauge his interest. Uh, it doesn't mean they have necessarily interviewed him yet, or they've even set up an interview. But there, are, there are NFL teams that are expected to, you know, reach out to Jim and ask what, what you know, gauge his interest level if he's really, uh, you know, interested in in another NFL, you know, job. Uh, there have been reports in the last couple of weeks, I think from Rappaport as well, that the Indianapolis Colts are expected to retouch Jim Harbaugh, which isn't a surprise given his past and history with that organization. So this is going to, again, as just like, you know, maybe unlike last year, the ball might be in Jim Harbaugh's court this year. Whereas I think these teams have seen what he's done at Michigan the last couple of years, the success he's had. Yes, he's 59 years old, but he's still able to win at a high level. He's still able to develop players and and command the locker room and if you're if you're a team nfl organization looking for head coach who can do all those things and has won at the nfl level um you're seriously going to consider them and and look last year jim harbaugh made no bones about his interest in going back he said he still wants to win a super bowl that remains the goal of his um now on the flip side he has said you know he said last year that he was done with that he told ward manual that he was you know done pursuing that, that that you know the nfl job now whether he met that last year or in, in for the rest of his career, I don't right. know, is the big question. Now, if you go back just a month ago after the Big Ten Championship game, Jim was asked uh, about his NFL interest, and he said he would enthusiastically be back coaching the Wolverines in 2023, but then in the same breath also said no man knows the future. So it, he's kind of right. left the door open. Uh, you got to go back on his word. He, he, and look, Jim hasn't really lied publicly. He's done a very good job of, of knocking these rumors down in the past. Mm-hmm. It seems like every offseason he's come up and he's done a good job. Last year he did not do that because he he was clearly interested in the NFL job. The NFL is not interested in him. Um, so it comes down to whether you know these teams are legitimately uh, intrigued and wanting to be the coach, or this is just some merry-go-round again. So um, I would expect you know this to be a thing for the next couple of weeks at the very least. His name is going to continue to pop up. I know fans aren't happy about it. They may not believe it. Um, whatever the case may be, there are going to be NFL teams interested. I think Jim is probably going to reciprocate, uh, but where this goes, you know, I, I don't know. I, I will say this. I mean, with, with the current landscape of college football and how it continues to change, I mean, and the, the NIL issues Michigan has had this year, the, the fact that the recruiting class wasn't ranked very high despite being undefeated heading into the college playoff. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame them for, for gauging interest in the NFL. I mean, it is. I mean, the, the the stage is a little bit bigger. The responsibilities maybe are a little bit less throughout the from January to to December. Um, and yeah, I mean that's that's the pinnacle of of football in, in America. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves. But yeah, at this point, it's pretty early. But yeah, I mean, I, it's it's starting to continue to happen as long as Michigan continues to have success. Harbaugh is one of the most successful coaches in NFL history. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's going to continue to play out, but I'm not surprised by by these reports at all. You know, we don't need to spend too much time talking about, you know, potential candidate pool here. We'll have time to do that, uh, you know, as we move forward in this offseason. But I think it's worth pointing out, at least, that when we had this discussion a couple of years ago, you know, after Michigan's disappointing 2020 season, uh, th- things have changed there. I mean, two of the names we threw out, I remember at that time, you know, Luke Fickle, I mean, his star only continued to rise, but now he's taking a new job. He's in the Big Ten uh, at Wisconsin. And Matt Campbell has kind of gone the other way. I mean, <laughs> I know a lot of folks, including some of us, maybe thought it was a, a little bit of a stretch to begin with to think that he'd be ready to take over Michigan. 
you know, and after going to the Fiesta Bowl in 2020, he's posted an 11 and 14 record, you know, combined over the last two years. So, you know, his his star is absolutely faded. So I, I think it only makes it more likely, you know, one of the possibilities we talked about, you know, the last couple of years was an internal candidate, you know, whether that be Sharon Moore, whether that be Mike Hart, um, you know, or, or someone else already on staff. I think that's probably more likely, not that there wouldn't be, you know, other capable outside candidates, you know, willing to to take the job if it opened up. No, and, it, and it's important to point out, too, that the, the cupboard isn't bare, you know, should Jim leave. I mean, right. they did a very good job. I mean, from a high school recruiting perspective, what wasn't very good, but they found, I mean, seven guys in the portal that could theoretically start and play next year. So from a personnel standpoint, Michigan sitting in, in a good spot, um, you know, you, you if if Jim was to leave, you wonder if he would take an assistant or two with him to the NFL. Um, and you wonder if that would affect, you know, again, the transfer portal is a big deal and maybe perhaps players leave. But even if Jim were to leave tomorrow, I, I don't think this Michigan, you would see much drop off within this program. They're, they're structurally sound, got good players in here. They got guys that are coming back next year and that like the school and I think like playing in the Big Ten level. So um, it's not like I think he would leave them high and dry. I think you can make the case that this program has, has been and has never been in better shape than it is right now and they're again they're coming off the big back to back big 10 titles and playoff appearances so um he's got a decision to make you know i think it seems it seems clear the nfl will be interested i it sounds like he is interested no matter what he says based on his act his own actions last year uh so we're in for an interesting next couple of weeks and maybe maybe month depending on you know obviously what happens here with the playoffs and just every the draft that's the thing right i mean it, it would help michigan you'd think the sooner the decision is made the better right i mean it's seems like their roster is somewhat set signing day is in the rearview mirror the portal they've already kind of sorted out you know some some key players there but still from a recruiting standpoint and everything else you'd think it'd be better you know if if, if they did it more on yes the college timeline than you know the nfl timeline although the regular season is is about to be over right this coming weekend is the, is the final weekend of the regular season so um, I guess no matter what, we're not too far away from that. But uh, it is it is interesting. Yes, Aaron, that's a great point. You know, when we're having this discussion the last time, it was about Jim Harbaugh essentially being fired, right? His contract not being renewed. This time it would be him truly leaving voluntarily. Uh, and yes, the program in a, in a much better place even than last year. They've now gone to the playoff again, won the Big Ten again. So, um, you know, it's, it, is, it is a different spot. I'm sure most Michigan fans don't don't want to see him go, and and they might not. <laughs> they're not. We're not saying that, but it's absolutely uh, a possibility that you know needs to be planned for. And I'm sure Ward Manuel, who was who was there in uh, in Phoenix for the Fiesta Bowl, will uh, is already has some some ideas in mind should it come to that. Uh, but we will have continued coverage of that, all things Michigan football, and you know start to reacclimate to these winter sports too, the basketball and the hockey and whatnot uh, on mlive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.